Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say today we have Adam, who's a freelance film producer. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. Hi, Tom. Thank, thanks very much for having me on. I'm really excited for this. Oh, you're very welcome. Likewise, Adam. Adam, first of all, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your career to date in video, please? Yeah, so um, I'm a recent graduate from uh, MTU, Munster Technological University. I was doing creative digital media. And uh, in my last kind of year there, I started freelance video work uh, with short films and client work for different uh, for either companies or for just personal videos and um, so that's what I've kind of taken up now in my time and I think obviously video is your main area but I'd love you to touch on your creative process how you get set up and, and you create video and and you're selling yourself a bit short you had a film selected for the indie film festival down in Cork uh, just over a year ago so yeah uh, I want you to kind of tell us all about your video work yeah, so um yeah, the the film festival was great. Um so I suppose on that note, um even getting into that, um I always came at it from a video editor's perspective. And that film came about where um it, we were between semesters and kind of looking to pass the time. So I reached out to a a classmate of mine and if they needed any help with video editing, but as things spiraled on, we started planning out this film and uh, during the film process, I ended up taking a lot more of the producing and the cinematography and on-set duties. Um, and I suppose it was it was interesting because I always kind of came at it from the perspective where I, I'm going to be editing this later, so maybe let's shoot it this way because I know that'll help this. And um, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but it definitely helped us. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I was cutting corners in certain ways like that, but it definitely worked for us. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a, it's a joy really, kind of being running around on that set doing stuff like that. Um, so I suppose kind of on that note, as I said, like coming at always coming at it from the editor's perspective, it seems to work because the last thing we need is. Um, you know, a couple hours of footage and then you you just kind of hand it off to someone and they don't really know what view you want and um, what kind of message you're trying to get across and really the kind of beats of where you want certain cuts and different edits. So m- making those films was, um, it, it was, it was a real f- fun experience because it kind of opened up uh, my eyes to both sides of the camera, if that makes sense. Definitely. And let's say we have a lot of content creators and businesses listening to the show can you give them a breakdown of how, how can you even get set up what what go-to video equipment do you think someone that wants to start off creating video content would need um so equipment you'd be surprised um like you'd imagine like you'd think you'd need like a a nice DSLR camera or a a lot of really expensive equipment to kind of get started. But realistically, you don't, you can kind of work your way up to that. Um, even, uh, during my time in college, I I was an intern at, uh, somewhere called the Vid Academy, which is run by uh, a woman called Judy. Um, and a big part of what her, 
company teaches people is like uh, seminars on how to just set up with your phone um just and different kind of hacks you can do at home to get better lighting get better sound and some cost effective um equipment you can get um and if you kind of want to wrap up from there maybe some cheap uh, lavalier mics just to have on if you're doing voiceover for video and then in terms of the video editing software um there's probably cheaper options out there but um editing software would be the one place i would recommend that you invest in and just get something like uh, adobe premiere or the, just the the adobe suite just the ease of access with it um it's it's immense um i i've had a lot of success using premiere uh, my whole time and through college and doing freelance work as well and you you obviously adobe's mentioned several times on the show over and it is a really good platform for editing uh where could someone learn you know how to get set up where what uh, do you think are the best sources for someone to learn how to use such softwares um a lot of it for us uh was was self-taught uh like we we were kind of shown the door for it with uh, the college but even when i was doing my own projects i found myself okay i want to do this specific thing or i want to know how to get premiere to do this specific thing in this specific scene so you end up a lot of the time just going on youtube and there's a lot of free uh uh classes on youtube for uh, that are really in depth and there's some really talented challenges up there that uh, dedicate their whole time to showing people how to get the most out of the software um so and with adobe in particular i feel a lot of it is like you can you kind of say self-taught but it's more trial and error um where you'll sit down you'll edit along with everything that you know and then you look up how to do that one specific tool and then you kind of always have that in your toolbox so it's always just kind of building and building and just trial by fire that way yeah i completely agree youtube is definitely one of the best uh, sources for for learning especially for things like video editing uh looking at yourself for a second is there any other softwares that you want to mention that you use potentially around your video work so um Again, with I suppose with Adobe, like After Effects is really good if you need certain, um, just certain effects, even if it's not a very heavy effect video. So with it, with One Night in Cork, for example, we had a sequence where, um, two of the characters were communicating over text for a bit. So I needed to kind of set up motion graphic templates, um, for kind of text bubbles to pop up on the screen. So, again quick youtube tutorial popped on youtube uh, on youtube for that open up after effects and that's it's really helpful for small little things like that and then you always have that in your uh, in your bank as well you can go back and use that motion graphics for any other project you need um so it's it's worth kind of spreading out and using that it might be linked but is there one particular campaign or some work that you're really proud of that you'd like to highlight on this show um I suppose there'd be two. So mainly, I suppose, yeah, One Night in Cork would be the most notable thing that I've worked on. We were very lucky with that. Um, we're fortunate. We we put a lot of work into it and it was really fun to do. And we were lucky to be selected into the Cork Indie Festival in 2021, um, the Lift Off Global Network Sessions in 2022, and the Underground Cinema Award Short Films in uh, 2022 as well. Um, so that was it was really nice because it was 
it started off, as I said, as a project just to kind of keep keep ourselves busy between semesters and between lockdowns. And uh, it came a bit of a labour of love. And um, myself and Daniel Heafy, he's the writer and uh, collaborator on the film as well. Um, he deserves as much credit as I do. Um, but we, we put a lot of work into it. And we got some help from friends as well, just on certain days, helping us with equipment. Um, but that was that was really nice to kind of to see that come to fruition and be selected into a few festivals. It's something I don't think either of us could have imagined. Um, and as well, um, we collaborated again for our fi uh, final year project. So in the course, uh, we worked on a project called Storybox, where we used three uh, D video mapping projection software. Um, so we we took the idea that we wanted to do was we take a narrative and project it over a 3d object so it could tell multiple different sides to a story um so the example we always use with it was um if someone says they're working from home you might have one image of someone sitting down on their laptop all day but with the project we took we shot six different scenes where the setup was called working from home and on one screen yes it looked like someone was in a suit uh, working on their day-to-day uh, -day work but on another panel of the cube it shows they have a tab open with their fantasy football another tab open they're actually in their pajamas from a different angle and just different things like that and it was really fun coming up with different angles of telling the same story concurrently and uh, it was nice seeing that uh, in the our exhibition for final year love that yeah no that's brilliant and like, where do you find your inspiration and insights from? Is there any sources you go to to, to get new insights in the industry? Uh, in the industry, I suppose nowadays everyone seems to flock towards TikTok. Um, it's tough. It's tough not going there. Um, and even if it, it seems more like just going to what sounds are being used constantly, because they're used in different ways. Um, like it's some marketing could be done with it it's just people making something funny different things like that so in terms of the work we would do um yeah like kind of just seeing how people can get clever with the short amount of time that they have it's not as much so now yeah. as they've extended the time on tiktok but it's something I always really admired in the early days of it. And especially with a platform years ago called Vine is that you were given such a short amount of time, but people still found ways of making something really funny or really clever and something that you wanted to go back and watch again and again. So um, I, I always admire that about the platform. The TikTok one from a video point of view, it's probably been out a little while now, but uh, Netflix with the Wednesday show, I know they had the, the TikTok dance and there was a iconic scene early on in the show. I, I haven't seen the show, yeah. but I know I'm aware of the dance. And obviously that went massive on TikTok, which I'm sure was a big <laughs> part of promoting it. And it was a strategy they had created beforehand. But is that the kind of link you're trying to say between like films, TV show pieces and stuff and linking them into Monday culture on a TikTok and a platform like that? Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what, like the, that Wednesday scene in particular is, is the perfect example because, yeah, you could have you could have gone off, you could have shot your TV show, your film, and it's all ready to go and you're waiting for the release date. 
And as you said, you can kind of go in and people know now, they'll see a scene where, okay, that'll probably ca- catch on or that'll be funny or something like that. And I, I suppose with that one in particular, it was great because it was synced up with music in particular. So they were able to kind of hit the ground running with that and just feed that out. But yes, so if you have something in a show where you're like, okay, this that scene in particular, really proud of that. That's something we can market. That's something you can do. It's definitely something that can survive on a platform like TikTok, especially if the show itself is really popular. It's kind of a win-win. And I, I, I'm guessing that same music's used on the show, but do you think that was a deliberate sync and cut out, like as in they created that scene with the mind of uh, a voice, like a tune in the background being applied for TikTok? Like they, they were thinking of trending sound when they created that scene. I'd be very surprised if that wasn't it. Um, whether or not the idea to do it, like obviously I think the the idea for the scene came first. And then they figured, okay, this is perfect. We can snip that out. That'll that'll be what we use to market it. Um, whether or not they thought the dance itself would kind of take off uh, as people used it, but like, yeah, I I definitely think that they they saw that and figured this is this is marketable. This is how we can push the show. Um, especially for a show like that where I, the characters themselves. I've, the whole idea is that they're very monotone and kind of not really a, not a whole lot of emotion. So they had to find somewhere to kind of get people hyped up and follow it around. It's really interesting. And like, a, is that something you would see the digital industry going more into now? Is that something that you actively look at yourself? Do you, we've had people on the show talk about analyzing the trends in TikTok and then creating either product or business campaigns and stuff using the trend but is that something you see evolving and something you actively would be looking at it's uh it's something you have to look at and it's definitely something that's always evolving but it's also such a volatile media where you can identify something that is really popular and really works on tiktok and okay i want to use that for our marketing campaign or whatnot but in the by the time you go and shoot your video and put it up the trend could have moved on and so it's really interesting that you can go and you can analyze and see what works and what doesn't and try and hop on the train but it not everything lands and it's such a fast moving market on there that it's tough to rely on it like if you if you if you find a trend you hop on at the right time perfect and it'll, it'll benefit you but you just kind of need to kind of roll with the punches where if something goes up and it doesn't work, you just need to kind of keep moving. You don't need to sit around and think, why didn't that work? Let's go back and look at, okay, we, this many views kind of worked and this, that, and your thing. It's, it's, it is, it's so out of your control. You just need to kind of keep moving and keep up with the trends. I suppose is the best way to sum it up. Lastly, we always ask on the show, if you could bottle up one personality trait you have yourself, Adam, that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Um, I suppose with myself, it's probably flexibility. Um, as I said, like going into the short film work, I went into it thinking, okay, I'll be the video editor on this. And I ended up taking up way more roles uh, than I thought, but it was really enjoyable. But applying that to other projects where you never know what might come up, where you need to change your original view, you need to add this in. Maybe a client changes their mind about something and add it in. You just kind of need to to go with it because 
if you get really stuck on a specific view for it, it can really bog down everything else around it. So you could be really held down. You really want to get one good scene in there and then you're you're kind of struggling to edit everything in around it. Whereas you need to kind of look at it as the big picture and whether it's a video, just like a personal video for someone or it's a, it's a big client video, you just kind of need to have the ability to have a back and forth and be flexible on a project. Love it. And Adam, if people want to get in touch with you and they want to learn more about your work or even use you for video content creation, how can they get in touch? Yeah, so I'm available on LinkedIn if you want to reach out to me there. And I have my own website as well. It's just adamtoomey.com. Um, and if you want to reach out to me uh, over email that way or just on LinkedIn, I'll, I'm always responding. Love it. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show, Adam. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it.